Welcome to the Blanchard Leader Chat Podcast. Hi, this is Ken Blanchard. We need a new leadership model in business today, one that values both people and results, where leaders see their role as serving instead of being served. In this podcast, my friend and colleague, Chad Gordon, interviews experts who help us explore different aspects of leadership. I know you'll be encouraged and inspired by what you hear and you'll walk away with ideas and insights that will help you be the type of leaders others want to follow. Ready to get started? I'll be back at the end of the interview where I'll share what I've learned and how I'll be putting it into action. Now enjoy this installment of the Blanchard Leader Chat Podcast. Today, we're talking about Leading with Gratitude, the new book by Adrian Gostick and Chester Elton. Adrian, welcome to the Blanchard Leadership Podcast. Hey, thanks, Chad. Appreciate you having me. We're so glad to have you here. And, and you know, we, you, we always joke around and Ken jokes around whenever he talks to big groups. He says, you know, raise your hand if you're just sick and tired of getting too much praise at work. And nobody raises their hand. Everybody has a big laugh. Why was this important to you, this, this gratitude gap? Why was this so important for you to really dig into? You know, and Ken's exactly right. You know, we, we all sort of joke around that, uh, oh, you can, you know, you can't get too much gratitude. The problem is, as leaders, we all know this is important, right? I don't think you could find a leader uh, left who doesn't realize that appreciating the great work of their employees is important. The question is, as we sat around talking with a lot of our colleagues was, then if we all know it's important, why don't we do it? Um, and you would be, uh, you'd be hard pressed to find a leader that is really exceptional at this. So despite all the years of knowledge that we have, the gratitude makes, you know, more engaged employees, it leads to better business results. We're really not doing it. And so that's what we began was a, a multi-year journey into figuring out what are those reasons that leaders aren't doing it? And then the ones who are trying it, you know, what have they found that really works for them? One of the things that I love about your book, and it's a really fun read, is you talk about um, some of the uh, the myths that people believe that, that that's required of being a leader. And we're going to dig into those for just a second. But I want to take a kind of a level set for everybody. And let's just set the stage. Why do you feel that being better at, at providing gratitude, giving gratitude, and, and, and having that be one of the, the, to, the tools in your toolkit as a leader, why do you think that'll help organization, people in organizations succeed and grow? Well, the, not, thankfully, when we wrote Leading with Gratitude, we didn't just rely on our own personal uh, you know, thoughts here. We interviewed dozens of senior leaders of, of large organizations, everybody from Ken Chenault, who, who recently retired as CEO of American Express after an amazing run, uh, executive chairman of Best Buy, Uber Jolie, uh, Alan Mulally, who ran Ford Motor Company for, for many years, one of the most amazing leaders. So we interviewed a lot of these leaders who talked about how they incorporated gratitude into their leadership styles. I love what Ken Chenault talked about. He said, you know, he says, sometimes we get confused with being demanding as not offering gratitude. He says, that's absolutely wrong. He says, the great leaders, they're offering gratitude every single day. They, they keep encouraging people. So we didn't just take our own words. We, we interviewed a lot of senior leaders and, and got their thoughts. And we also have a lot of data in this book. 
over the last decade, Chester and I, we've, we've interviewed, you know, using research partners, more than a million employees in, in around the world. And what we found is that recognition and engagement are very strongly correlated. Now, when I have a manager who is grateful for my contributions, typically I'm going to be more engaged. I'm going to care more about what that manager wants me to care about, probably customers. I'm going to feel more more connected to the vision of the organization as well, the mission and the values of the organization. So gratitude is that is that tide that lifts all those ships. And again, that's why it's so it's so confusing that we're we're just so bad at it. Yeah. So you know, the business case is there. This is going to help uh, and move the needle. This is going to grow the bottom line. Let's talk. And and you know what? I don't want to single anybody out. I'm not going to name them. But let's. This, if if I have a, a couple former managers in my my past, let's let's talk directly at them because number one, the number one myth, or at least one of the first ones you list is fear is the best motivator. Yeah. You, you say that's that's BS. You know, it, it's interesting. I think it'd actually be more fun, Chad, if you did name those managers, but we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> uh, I think, you know, this is an interesting one because absolutely no human being on the planet thinks that they lead by fear. No manager thinks they're a fear-based leader. And yet in our research, we found about a third of managers are what they are, are could be termed fear-based leaders as we talked with their employees. Uh, they do things like, oh, they set a, a scary stage for the workplace. Look, if we don't hit these deadlines, I can't guarantee anybody's jobs. Or maybe they're so insecure themselves that they spread fear around the place like, like a bad perfume. Hmm. So there's, there's a lot that comes into fear, where again, nobody thinks they're leading by fear, but hmm. many leaders do. And as you mentioned, yeah, there's the old style, you know, the manager who'll who'll yell and jump up and down. And but really, fear has a lot of nuance in this modern working world that really creates a lot of anxiety in the workforce. And if you have a work team where anxiety is raised, there's a very good chance that you do have a leader who is leading by fear more than looking for gratitude. And when we say gratitude, you know, it's a little different than just recognition. So I'll put you on the spot, Chad. If I asked you, you know, what's the difference, do you feel, between sort of maybe recognition, the old school recognition we've always done, and maybe the idea of gratitude? Well, I, when I think about recognition or gratitude, I think, you know, recognition is like people are aware that, that things are happening and you can be called out from that way. Gratitude is just that sense of there's a warmth behind that where mm-hmm. where they're, they're aware you, you've done something that may be right or you're giving it a good effort, but um, they're also appreciative. I love that. That's a great idea too. That, that idea of warmth and compassion, empathy is something we talk a lot about in the book, which for some of us is may not come naturally. And we have to develop this. So we talk and we give some ideas about how you can how you can walk in, in your employee's shoes and develop that empathy and, and assume positive intent, et cetera. But that idea of warmth is so important because especially younger workers coming in. They're expecting a level of compassion in the workplace that perhaps we haven't shown in the past. And so I think you're exactly right. I think gratitude is is about valuing and seeing the value that our people create as well as then expressing our appreciation. But it has to come from that place of, of, of warmth, as you talked about. 
Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna dig into uh, and and I love that when books are structured this way. You, you've got eight the eight most powerful gratitude practices. We're gonna dig into those in just a moment. But but right now the the, the kind of the last word on these myths. You you found a lot of them. What else was the most surprising thing? What was was the most surprising thing that hold leader back when it comes to uh, to gratitude and their viewpoints on that? Well, you know, we had quite a few sort of ahas in this. And this is a new finding. And this is rather surprising is that we heard from a lot of managers who told us, you know, people, they just want way too much praise these days, especially <laughs> those millennials and those Gen Z coming in. You know, it's a, it's a trophy for just showing up, right? And and so when we're hearing a lot of this, con, you know, this 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 conflict between sort of the older and younger generations. And as we spoke with many, you know, very articulate people in the younger generations, they helped us understand, look, we're not looking for constant praise. What we're looking for is feedback. We want to know if our work adds value to the organization, if we're moving in the right direction. We need a lot more touch points than you've been given in the past. And so we found this real interesting dichotomy between what older workers or older managers were expecting and what younger workers were expecting. So this idea of, yeah, people want way too much praise these days was a myth we had to bust and help help managers understand, nah, you're providing feedback and guidance. And it's not just the attaboys, you know, one after the other. Yeah, and, and you know the the one that really resonated with me is is like that that belief that it's a weakness thing. They'll think I'm bogus. They'll think I'm being inauthentic. And for me, that that I find that to be um, it's it's interesting because you know do you want your people engaged? Well, how do you engage with them? You can engage by having a good relationship with them. So I, I love this. Let's dig into how people can kind of kind of mechanize these and put these thoughts into actions. You've actually broke it down to the eight most powerful gratitude practices. I don't want you to list them off one, one to 10, one to eight rather, but tell us how does somebody get started with this? How does somebody make that change? Yeah. And this comes from, again, now serving more than a million employees. We have a lot of data that helps us understand what is it, if I'm an employee, what is it that helps me raise my engagement level, makes me feel more connected to the organization, more safer, And so we found a couple of interesting things. You know, the first is that great leaders really do solicit and act on their employees' input. Now, that's that's something that Ken's talked about for years. It's something that that many other leadership gurus have talked about. And again, it's something that many managers just don't do very well. They don't create the safe environment for people to, to offer up ideas. And again, this comes back to gratitude. The great leaders that we we interviewed that were doing this really well, that were were soliciting and acting on the input from their employees, used gratitude as one of those ideas to help get ideas, to, to make sure that employees knew that their ideas were valued and also promote them throughout the organization. One of my other favorite things we found in in this idea was that the great leaders we're also looking for small wins. Every day they were looking for those little things that led to the to the big victories. You know, uh, when I back in college, I took a bowling class because you know you have to get that phys ed uh, requirement. So I took a class on bowling. <laughs> and the first day, the professor, if you can call him that, tells us, you know, you don't aim for the pins. He says you aim for the the arrows up front because they're much closer. And and that's what great leaders know is that, you know, you don't try to aim for those pins way down the other end. I'm going to recognize you and reward you when you hit just those arrows, when you hit the first step and then the next step. 
So again, some interesting little things we found in those great teams we studied. There's a different orientation between, now nah, I'm just going to go for the, you know, the, I'm only going to reward people for those big wins to those managers who looked for every little step along the way that they could appreciate. I love a good bowling analogy. So thank you for that. And I, lo- and I also like how you set it up. You're like, listen, I took bowling because I had to. So, <laughs> um, so you know, you, you break it up into a couple different ways. There's like there's seeing it and noticing it. And then you talk about expressing it. When you, when you think about seeing it, you share something that was kind of a sea change for me in my personal development. I use the, this podcast to highlight different areas and different ways where I've grown through the years. But the, the, just that idea of assuming positive intent from other people. So in other words, walking into every uh, relationship or every new discussion or looking at other people and just assume that they're trying to do the best they can. What did you find about that and how can you do a better job of that? You know, this was an interesting one because it's not something that I had practiced before, but it was something that came out quite a bit as we were doing our interviews. And this idea of assuming positive intent. So, you know, an employee comes to you, you know, hey, boss, I made a mistake. What's the first thing, you know, we inevitably do is what the heck were you thinking? You know, yeah. why did it, what did you, you start throwing out these questions, you start getting worked up and upset. And the idea here is quite simple. Uh, the idea is you think about, okay, I know that you must have had the best of intentions. Let's, let's think about what's happened here. Let's think about what we could do differently next time. And always assuming that the positive is happening. So for example, you know, often this happens, you know, another department, oh my gosh, you know, do you know what they just did? And this is going to affect us. And you start getting all worked up and you start, you know, with, with your colleague, you start amping each other up. Right. So, when this started, this happened recently to uh, when, I, when I was working on the book, and it was another group that, in of our company. So I just simply picked up the phone, and within a few minutes, I found out what they were thinking, what they were working on, and something that was getting me all amped up and my colleague all amped up. We just diffused, and so we put in place some some very simple ideas to help deal with this idea that we always assume positive intent. That we always assume the people around us are trying to do a good job. Nobody comes in looking to destroy our organizations. So how can we kind of you know think about this from a from a different angle? And it really does change your whole perspective on work when you can do this in a in a in a consistent manner. Yeah, you know, one of the principles, and we, you know, I was talking, you know, Ken's got, Ken, Ken's going to share his thoughts in just a moment. But one of the principles of of the 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 iconic book, One Minute Manager, is is about walking around and and finding people doing things right. You talk about look for those small wins. It, we don't the gratitude doesn't have to be around a, a major accomplishment. It can be about some of the smallest things, and it, it still has great payoff. Correct. It does. It really does. Those those little things that we're looking for. And, and Ken's exactly right. When he talked about that now several decades ago, he was the really the one of the first to, to bring this idea to, to bear in a day and age where most managers went to their offices, closed their doors, and we didn't see them again till five o'clock. In in our case, when when we looked at the data from the highest performing teams, in many cases, their managers were walking around with them 75, 80% of the time. It was remarkable how involved their managers were with them. And even if they were busy, one, one healthcare organization that's a faith-based healthcare organization does what they call the sacred 60. So 60 minutes every day uh, for every shift, the manager will walk around and there's no phones, there's no computers. 
his or her job during that time is just to be with their people. Hey, how's things going? Are you, you, you finding any obstacles I could help with? Also, what have you been working on that you're, you're proud of recently that I could, I could be grateful to you? It's a time to help remove obstacles, but also to appreciate their people for their work. So absolutely agree with that idea. We're talking with Adrian Gostick, uh, co-author of Leading with Gratitude, Eight Leadership Practices for Extraordinary Business Results. So we're talking about going around, you know, seeing uh, things. Now let's talk about how you're expressing things. So what is you know, one of the, the, the things that I'm always focused on as we bring on all these amazing um, authors like yourself is, is you have to tailor uh, what what you're trying to do and, and all the different principles it'd be it, it, at the end of the day, it's, it's a person that has their own wiring and how they are. How do you tailor to the individual? How do you, um, you, you can't blanket do the same thing to everybody, different strokes for different folks. How do you, uh, determine what different people need? You know, one of the things we found too, as we were doing this was, you know, I, I was interviewing one manager and he says, I, he says, I called myself the Starbucks guy. He says, <laughs> anybody who did something great in my team, they got the $5 Starbucks card. Right. And he says, you know, they clean out the supply cabinet, boom, $5 Starbucks card. They save a client, boom, $5 Starbucks card. He says, I thought people loved it. He says, so I, I read one of your books, one of our earlier books on the, the CARA principle. Mm-hmm. And, and he says, I, uh, I realized that uh, maybe I should be personalizing my recognition. And he says, but I still resisted. So I started asking some of my folks that, and more, hey, you love the Starbucks cards, right? And he says, I had one woman who works for me who, who had actually gotten a lot of cards from me. She says, you know, actually, she says, I don't really drink coffee. She says, I give them to my neighbor. And uh, so he says, I've been recognizing her neighbor for his, her great work. And, so one of the things we find is that, no, no, you know, it's while it's easy for us, it really is not powerful to the people. A little bit of effort goes a long way in understanding what drives people. And again, it can be something that's very creative. I mean, maybe I'm trying to climb the corporate ladder. So for recognition or appreciation for me, might be some time with the, the senior leadership team, you know, making a proposal. Uh, it might be time off to be with my family. It might be, you know, it, it could be a lot of different things based on what motivates me. And we're all very different, as you, as you mentioned, Chad. Yeah, you know, it, quick aside on my end, I, I've, I've, I've been rewarded a few times uh, for doing some extra things at, in, in, a, in, an, in, in, a, in a role where I was getting Nordstrom gift cards. And I told that to, uh, to people and they're like, oh, my, that's the that's the mother load. And I'm like, yeah, I've, I've, I've got five Nordstrom gift cards just sitting in a, in a drawer right now because shopping isn't my it's shopping is not my love language. So anyway, um, let's let's move on. Less about me, more about what people can, t- can take this into play. So as a leader. You know, every time you take on a new principle, just thinking out loud, uh, you know, sometimes like, well, I've got to schedule some time here and there. You know, you you basically say there that it, every time is the time to do that. You, you, you know, it, one of the one of the the areas you talk about, you say, give it now, give it often, and don't be afraid. So you're saying it every time is the time to show gratitude. Yeah, and one of, coming back to one of the fears was, look, I got no time for this. Anytime yeah. I go out and do a workshop working with senior leaders, the number one complaint is, look, I know it's important. I just don't have time for this. So what we found is those managers who scored the highest in gratitude in all of our surveys spent on average about an hour a week at this. You know, if you work a 50-hour normal week for a manager – it's about 2% of your time. And yet they had higher employee engagement scores, higher you know, customer satisfaction, lower employee turnover, all those good things we're looking for. 
And they did it in about an hour a week. So it's not too time consuming. So, and one of the things we found is, you know, some managers will say, but I'm afraid of creating jealousy on the team. You know, if Sarah gets recognized and Joe doesn't, well, Joe's just going to be upset. Well, again, this was where it comes back to what you just mentioned about you give it often. If you're giving gratitude frequently, then people are going to be less likely to be upset because my turn's coming. I know it will because I know my manager recognizes now, you know, when when he sees or she sees a great behavior, it happens immediately. And we're also recognizing for those values that we believe are important. So it's not just the teacher's pet who's getting who's getting all the gratitude. No. It's people who are living up to the values of the team. You know, if it's never missed delivery, you know, it's it's Colin who comes up with an amazing idea to to get that product out on time. It's, you know, it's Julia who is found, you know, goes after hours to deliver a, a, a you know, a, a delivery to one of our customers because that's what we're all about here. We're about never missed delivery. So are we living up to those core values by, and we are we recognizing people for living those values. So, so you're exactly right. The great leaders that we studied, they really do do it now. They they don't wait to recognize. They they do it often, and they're not afraid. They may not it may not be perfect at this, but they're going to try things to see what works for them. Thousands of people across the globe listen to this podcast, and and a lot of them are in leadership roles. And so, a lot of what we focus on is how you can do better, right? How you can bring your best self to work. This is a great. This is this is these are some great uh, uh, pieces of information that that people can be very actionable about. Actionable about rather. How can you use gratitude to also grow your business? How can you, if you're an entrepreneur, how can you use this to make your your uh, 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 customers raving fans of, of what you're bringing to the table? Yeah, that's a great question too. Because sometimes we do forget not only our customers but also our vendors. Are, are vital to our success as organizations. And so, you know, some of the simple things, especially with customers, is are we appreciating their comments? Because most of the time customers make comments, it's not things we like to hear. And yet, are we appreciating them? Are we letting them know, not only we appreciate your comment, but later letting them know what we did about that comment. That's, you know, that to me is the best expression of gratitude that I can ever have from a, from a customer, from a, from a service that I'm using and amazingly rare when somebody will actually follow up later. So are we being aware of them? Are we being aware of our vendors and, and the importance that they provide to us that sometimes we feel like, ah, it's just the lowest cost provider. And, and that's, that's a, you know, it's a narrow sided view of things. Are we, are we recognizing our vendors and making them appreciate us? Because when it comes down to it, if there's only so much product or, or, or so much of a, of a, you know, deadline that's going to be met, et cetera, who are we going to work harder for that person who is so appreciative and, and loves everything we do or the one that's the, you know, it's never, never happy. And so there's a lot that can be said for appreciating those customers and and vendors that we work with and making sure that they know how much we appreciate their business. We have time for just a couple more questions. And and this is... uh I always enjoy this as well as you, you you read a book and you think like oh I'm going to how I'm going to I'm going to impact the people I lead or I'm going to like I'm going to grow in my my role. This stuff works really well at home too, doesn't it? It really does. And well, you know, one of our trainers went out once. He came back and he said, you know, I had this interesting conversation. He said, well, I, I'm working with this, this team. We're, we're doing this gratitude little seminar. And he says, I have one of, one of the employees comes up and he says, I got to tell you a story. He says, I, so I had this, uh, 
my brother lives in this nice neighborhood. He's got this miserable neighbor. He (laughs) says, uh, he's just this miserable guy. Like if the Frisbee goes in his yard, it's gone. Right. And, uh, he says, so he starts telling me more about this miserable neighbor. And he says, I realize it's my boss. It's my boss, Dave. He says, and he says, Dave at work is gregarious. He's, he's caring. He's fun. And I says, I start wondering, he says, what the heck? He says, so he's this nice guy at work and he's this miserable human being at home. And, and he says, I, it's really made me question everything about Dave. Is, wow. he, is he really just this two-faced kind of person? And so sometimes we, we kind of put our best faces on at work and then we go home and, and maybe we don't care as much. You know, Are we grateful to those people who we probably should you know, give even more to those people who we love, our, our significant others, our, our families, our kids, etc. Sometimes we don't have a lot of patience. Sometimes we don't, uh, we don't give all that we can. So in the, the, actually the last section of the book is take it home. And, and we interviewed a lot of these leaders about the things that they do that are really fun, that are, that are great little um, ideas that they use to, to be more grateful in their, in their families. Well, we've got time for just one more question, and I always like to pose this. Um, As you think about all the people that are listening to this podcast, what is the one thing that you want them to take away from this and what we've talked about today? I think it's what we just mentioned there. This will make your business better. It really will. Um, You know, a lot of times we think we're just too busy to be grateful. One of the things that's, it's really this, as I wrote this book, it really opened my eyes up too and helped me be a better leader, a better human being. And one of the best things is just as you mentioned, Chad, is that we can take this home as well. That's going to help you start seeing more value around you and the people who who create value in your organization. It's going to give you a lot of fun ideas to help recognize and reward those people. But more importantly, I promise, it's going to help you see the value that's being created in your families, too. You're going to start having more caring conversations with your partner, your significant other. You're going to start seeing things with your kids and your and your loved ones that you've never noticed before. So that's what happened to me as I wrote the book. And, and as I've had people read read and give us comments on the on the early drafts of the book, it's been fun to see how it's changed their lives. Growth at home, uh, growth on the job, uh, new principles and new research around gratitude. We even covered some bowling tips. This was a pretty good uh, episode of the Leader (laughs) Chat podcast. Adrian, if people want to dig a little bit deeper into you, into your research, uh, uh, where would you send them? Well, come to thecultureworks.com. That's thecultureworks.com. And you'll find a little bit more about us and our work. And, and of course, you know, we'd love you to pick up a copy of Leading with Gratitude. And, uh, and first off, you know, thanks so much, Chad. And, of course, to Ken for, for all your work. And, you know, we, we stand on the shoulders of Ken and, and, and so many others who have come before us. And, and hopefully we're adding a little bit here to the, uh, to, the, uh, to, the, to the thought leadership that's out there on this important t- subject. I love it. Thank you so much for being a part of the Leader Chat podcast today. Thanks, Chad. And thank you for joining us for today's podcast. If you enjoyed this interview and like to learn more and also help us grow the audience, please subscribe to the Leader Chat podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, 
or Google Play or wherever you're listening, and please share this with your friends. The best way you can help us grow, though, is feedback. As Ken Blanchard says, feedback is the breakfast of champions. So please write us a review if you haven't already. And by the way, this podcast is sponsored by the Ken Blanchard Companies. If you'd like to learn more, there's even a lot of free resources to better yourself and your organization. Go to KenBlanchard.com. You'll find all kinds of free tools and materials to help you and others grow. Thanks again to our guests for joining us today. For now, I have the pleasure of turning it over to Ken Blanchard for his thoughts on what we discussed. Here it is, your final minute with Ken Blanchard. Those of you who know me would realize that I would love Chad's interview with Adrian Gustick and talking about his book, Leading with Gratitude. Now, what's gratitude all about and leading with it? It's about wandering around, like I've said for years, and see if you can catch people doing things right and show your appreciation. He and his co-author, Chester Elton, are called the Apostles of Appreciation. What a great title that is. And their research, I love that they've researched it. I just assumed it, you know, and thought that it was made common sense. Uh, but their research shows that gratitude is the easiest, fastest, most inexpensive way to boost performance. So you can get great results. But remember, we're into both and people and results. It's not just results. So it increases employee engagement, reduces turnover, and leads team members to express more appreciation to each other, which sort of strengthens team uh, uh, bonds and, and all. I mean, it just brings everybody together. So share this, uh, this interview with people. This is so important because you've got to learn to catch people doing things right and lead with appreciation. And why don't people do it more? Well, I don't know. They must be lazy. I think it's a commitment problem. I have a friend, Art Turok, who's a great trainer and motivator and all, and he said the, uh, the difference in life between doing things or not is whether you're interested or committed. You know, interested exercisers, it's raining out, and they say, well, I think I'll exercise tomorrow. A committed exerciser says, it's raining outside. I think I'll exercise inside. And so are you going to be a great manager? You better be committed to lead with gratitude and read this book and listen to this uh, audio interview. It's fabulous. Thanks, Adrian. Thanks, Chad. I would so appreciate it. This is the best. <laughs>